Happy Hallow's Eve, friends and lovers. Welcome back to For Your Reference. We are starting off with Quid Promo. And if you've listened to our podcast, you know that KT and OT are a learned people. So of course we're going to have learned friends. This is Alexa and Kelsey from the Psyched Podcast. Take the promo away. Hi, I'm Kelsey. And I'm Alexa. And have you always been curious if Winona Ryder is actually crazy? Are you dying to learn how to stay out of a cult? Then you should definitely check out the Psyched Podcast, the podcast where two psychotherapists analyze real and fictional figures from pop culture and tell you all about the obscure psychological phenomenon that your Psych 101 class didn't have time to tell you about. So grab your cocktail and head over to thepsychedpodcast.com and check us out. And don't forget to go to therapy and get your shit together. Bye. Friends and lovers, welcome back to For Your Reference. You've got your host, KT. And OT. And happy spooky Halloween, guys. <laughs> what a time to be alive. As you read the title, we are covering Freddy versus Jason, 2003. Best horror villains ever. Freddy or not, here I come in your <laughs> dreams. Wow. Are you ready, OT? Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to contain all my ghoulies. Well, we hope you've taken a big nap because we are diving into the tonic of the two horror characters. And I know you'll definitely bring up Pennywise in this episode as well. Um, (laughs) Don't bond me. (laughs) So let's get into the stats. Director Ronnie Yu, who's a Hong Kong actor, he did direct also Chucky as well. And he's done quite a lot. He has quite a comprehensive sort of portfolio. Uh-huh. You also have Damien Shannon and Mark Swift oh. writing it. Um, originally, the final script was two and a half hours, and I'm so glad they culled it into 90 minutes. Yeah, if that was today, it would probably be a three-hour movie. You're going to turn into like a Cloud Atlas situation. No one... <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any business doing long films like that. Oh, Cloud Atlas, bloody hell. Hashtag never forget. Even your girl Halle Berry can do wrong, apparently. Uh, so Freddy vs. Jason came out in 2003. The budget. Do you want to guess, OT? Oh, uh, 20 mil. 30 mil. Ooh. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, the, the CG wasn't great, but, you know, in, in horror sorts of movies, you kind of need to give it a pass. Surely it got, it got way more than that in um, once it got released, right? Yeah, but my point is, in regards to the budget that they had, the C available, um, but I think they achieved quite a lot within that budget. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and uh, worldwide gross, according to IMDb, $114.9 million. Ooh, that's a lot, especially for back then. Like, that's just amazing. Even now, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of butter knives. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's just do a quick skim of the cast. You've got Robert Englund um, reprising his role as Freddy. This was the last time he actually played Freddy in Mm -hmm. a film sort of capacity. Um, We have Ken 
Kurzinger, who was quite new. This He's been a stuntman um, for Jason, but he actually played Jason in this film. According to IMDb Trivia, um, they chose him over the original fella because he is a lot taller. So they wanted that David Goliath sort of um, dynamic in the film. So we've got him. Oh, Kelly Rowland. Hey, go, hey. She's the third listed on IMDb, would you believe? <laughs> Good for her. She did last in the movie. Good so. for her. And exactly. And that alone is accolades for all. So we've got Monica Keener playing Laurie. We have Jason Ritter playing Will. Um, and a whole slew um, of characters in this film. And a whole lot of references. Uh, let's get into first impressions. Because this is a spooky reference bar mitzvah. I am all about the singing today. Um, let's just capture off, you know, horror movies generally um what halloween was like if there is a halloween in kenya um i think everybody would love to know if that exists and um the freddie and jason sort of dynamic what did you think going into it and i guess we'll dive into the film after that so ot oh wow where do i start like i was a fan of jason and freddy from a young age and the fact that they did this um i think it blew my mind at the time i wasn't allowed to watch this when it came out uh -huh. back then but um i think two years later i just snicked in, uh, <laughs> <snicked> in a <laughs> dvd and just went to town and it was bloody amazing um a lot of people took it too seriously and they they forget what this is um this is just for fans of the horror movies um, getting to see the two walls collide and just to see the best of both Jason and Freddy. Uh, I know, like, I I personally, I really enjoyed this. Um, in your circles? In my in my circles, yeah, we, we really <laughs> did. Um, we're not really big. There's, we, we are aware of Halloween in Kenya, but I think that's just an American thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone just goes trick-or-treating, mate. If you have candy in your house, that's your candy. No sharing and shit. Exactly, right? <laughs> yep. If your parents are good enough to get you candy and then you give it away to other kids, nah, mate, it's not happening. Right? That, that's how you see the true colours. Yeah, for sure. There are casualties in the candy war in Kenya. <laughs> Even that, I'll be giving you one candy and that's it. Bloody oh, handful. You give me a lot of sweet things, don't you worry? <laughs> but it's just, um, I really enjoy this. Um, like you mentioned, we'd probably mention Pennywise in this movie, but I think... You, you, dude, if I took a shot every time you mentioned Pennywise while we were watching this film, I would be passed out. Like, <laughs> no, I, I feel like... It, Pennywise is put on a pedestal for some fucking reason that I don't understand. Probably because it's Tim Curry. And and the fact that we have Freddy and Jason, who have such a really strong backstory as well. Wow, okay. I'm just saying, there's a lot of canon out there. And a lot of... Because, well, back then I used to read the comics as well. And it was just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a fan. Freddie and Jason had comics? Yeah. And this is where... <laughs> if, there was a, if there was a Venn diagram of Katie's expertise circle and OT's expertise circle, this is where they would not touch. Oh, they would touch, all right. No touching. <laughs> it's an Arrested Development reference. Yeah. 
But it's just, I don't know. I, I, I might be biased, but I'd take Jason and Freddie every day over Pennywise. I don't think anyone was putting in them in the ring together. You did. No, you did. <laughs> well, I, I just went with it then. But uh, listen to our it, uh, <laughs> our it episode, which cov- which covers the most recent chapter one and chapter two with our best friend Skarsgård um, in there because Ot had some spicy things to say <laughs> about Pennywise as a character, not the Skarsgårds, because we do stand the Skarsgårds in the four year reference household. No, I think if you ask anyone. Uh, mention a horror a horror movie villain or something and the first thing would be like Freddy or Jason no I don't think anyone would be like oh Pennywise but as a child the imagery of clowns was fucking terrifying clowns were fucking terrifying and that's what makes Pennywise so effective mate give me a guy in a hot in my school is hard to kill and I'll be frightened more than a clown Time to float, OT. <laughs> oh, he can piss right off. I'd just tell him he's small and he'll disappear, won't he? <laughs> You're small. Yeah, we actually eradicated toxic masculinity in the It Chapter 2 yeah, and did. Chapter 1 episode. So you're most welcome. Feel yeah, free to, to check it out after this one. How to solve problems. One episode at a time, my friends. Okay, so is it my turn yeah. for first impressions? Uh, you know what? And we itch it. Chapter one and chapter two, the recent ones from your fellow relative Andy Muschietti, because mm-hmm. you're 0.00005 Argentinian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we said it on the podcast, so it's true. Um, I think that's the first traditional horror that we've actually covered at For Your Reference. Um, we've covered Upgrade, we've covered Get Out, we've covered Us. Us is a movie, whether it's a horror, you know. No, it's a horror, not a movie, rather. Um, we haven't really covered, like, Jagonauts in the horror sort of community. So why not cover Freddy vs. Jason for our Halloween episode? Yeah. Um, Halloween is kind of a thing in Australia. Um, you know, Australia is kind of like the annoying younger sibling to America where we try and just copy what they do and we don't really know why we do it we just want to be sibiki guy because i thought this was america (laughs) so halloween is kind of a thing not really a thing in australia um but in the four-year reference household we do love a friday night horror movie i'd like to think um growing up mormon and and being tongan was halloween a thing like in your circles Man, I left my circles alone and you brought it right back. Um, you can have like faux horror, like in the, like in when I was in the church, um, they would have like, what do they call them? Trunk Halloween, like outside of people's cars, they would have like candy and stuff. Oh, that, that doesn't, sounds sus. It wasn't, it wasn't Catholic. <laughs> let's just let's just leave it because actually in freddy versus jason yes freddy and jason were very scary but there was some real shit going on like with laurie's dad forget about it like (laughs) there was some real world horror um going on in this film as well but let's go let's capture off this film um 
as I've mentioned in a couple of episodes and you've even hinted to now, I wasn't allowed to, as a brown Mormon girl, I was not allowed to watch horror films. And then when I got old enough to watch the films, it kind of didn't, like Chucky, for example, mm. it just didn't scare me because you Chuck is creepy adult it feeds to your childhood imagination and if you're not a child anymore and you've been through life and you've seen some shit then a talking doll isn't really that scary <laughs> and how can you say chucky is scary and not pennywise oh I, i'd run away from chucky faster than i from would from pennywise man a doll that stabs people a six foot something kenyan man would run away from a little doll my Kenyan legs would run so fast. <laughs> I don't believe you, sir. Oh, man. You just don't. The optics alone. Of a little doll. You can say a little doll. A doll with a bloody scar across its face. Nah, man. I'm out. I'm out. Dolls are creepy ass. It's kicking in the fucking head. Doesn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if if you're if you're not scared of Chucky and you are Pennywise, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I, I'm I'm surprised that it took this many episodes and this many years for you to realize that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, guys. So let's start off with this film. It really centers on Laurie's character. Mm. So you know she she's. She's been damaged by the death of her mother, which she, through her boyfriend that was in the mental hospital, she finds out that her dad killed mom. Mm -hmm. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. But, you know, we're all here for the spookies and all of the spoofies as well. Oh, spoofies, eh? Yeah, the spoopies. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and then further on in the film, we find out that it was actually Freddy that killed her mom. Yeah, the right? dad was just trying to cover Ooh, it up. Can I just say, because we've watched um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the mm. first one, and we've also watched the first Jason film. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's as much reference as I have in my frame of reference. But I fucking love Freddy. He is sassy as hell. And we'll talk about who we think should win or did win um but i live for freddie because one of the lines that he has is when he says i've got something for the whores in this house (laughs) he's talking about the mom (laughs) oh he's so sassy i am here for it he's sassy and you have two very distinct characters in freddie and jason Mm -hmm. um jason is this quiet one that will just slash anyone in his path and freddie has this personality to boot and will just <laughs> speed out one-liners that will make you giggle and laugh your pants off so i'm definitely the freddie of this outfit uh, maybe the pennywise wow <laughs> don't take a shot every time pennywise is mentioned because you will be on the floor as well <laughs> but yeah like um i really enjoy this and and the fact that you you have like just the sort of fundamental uh basics when you went to watch when you watched uh freddy and jason and just watching uh friday the 13th mm-hmm. and natural elm street while i've watched the whole thing it's just oh ho, ho. sorry let's give ot some time to pull his glasses off <laughs> <laughs> some wanker? humble brag up there <laughs> but it's just like it's enjoyable like did you not have fun just watching this I did. Compared to the nonsensical thing that we watched in It Chapter 2. 
sorry, this is the last time I gotta mention it. Like it just pissed me right off, and I just had fun. It's your slasher, typical horror movie yeah. where you you go in, you know exactly what you're gonna get, mm-hmm. and they delivered it in tenfolds. Oh yeah, certainly. Um, it was nice to see them bounce off on each other mm. as well. According to IMDb trivia, because we are very learned around here, apparently there were early drafts of Michael Myers versus Jason, but they were saying that they were a bit too similar. Mm. So that's how we got to Freddy versus Jason, if you will. Also, according to the trivia, there were two twists that they were going to incorporate into the film, but they decided they were too contrived. Would you like to hear it, sir? Oh, tell me. So the first one is that Freddie either raped or consensually had relations with Jason's mom. Ooh. So he unknowingly fathered Jason. Ooh. Can I just say, if that was one of the ones, I would throw something at the TV. Like, that would piss me off. Like, just <laughs> really, like, really. So that was the first one. And the second one was that Freddie was actually a camp counsellor. And he had something to do with the drowning of Jason. So this would have been like a culmination, a full character development of Jason coming to kill Freddie. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Because that, it was kind like, of interesting. Like Freddie... We know that Freddie was um, given up by the mom because the mom was raped and she was like, yeah, send Freddie away and all that. So I think it would kind of tie in if the same kind of happened with Jason. Yeah, but I don't like I don't like when films are too pretty and it's all tied up together because then it's like, really? I know we're living in a world where we have Freddie faces and Jasons that don't die, but give me some realism. It gets me off. Come mm. on now. Right? So those were the two twists that weren't incorporated because it would be too contrived. Mm. So um, it, it's just interesting to think of it in that sort of format. So let's go back to Laurie. Yep. Um, she has her friends. We're just going to call you Kelly Rowland and you're going to have to deal with it, love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we've also got Gib as well. So let's focus on Gib and her boyfriend for a second. Yep. Um, first of all, he was a fucking ass and a half. Oh, he, he was a dick. Right? Yeah. I think blank and a half is an Australian expression. You've never you never heard of it until you came here, right? No. We don't bleep anything. We just say it out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if we got bleeped on this podcast? It'll just be an hour long of bleeping. Just like a clean like rap song. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah. Get like ten seconds of Eminem saying yeah. the and end. <laughs> A kids Bob Vashon of for your reference. <laughs> oh God. Oh, yeah. And then instead of us swearing, it can be Theo licking his balls. That kind I think of- that would get censored as well. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing will be allowed essentially no. to air. Um, but let's go back to it. Her boyfriend was an ass and a half. Yeah. All the way through and through. Um, you could see inklings of it because as soon as he came to the door to greet Gib, which is presumably his pseudo sort of girlfriend, he was asking... And just smell like cigarettes. Go get some menthol. Like, he was... He he really tried to keep her down. But the way he was acting was like they've been married for 40 years. <laughs> like, how do you get that much bitter resentment? Because, again, these are supposed to be teenagers in school. It was quite clear that they weren't. 
Not to the level of Greece. Oh, Greece is another level. I don't think it. <laughs> My granddad played her. <laughs> played her high school. Nah, mate. Um, and when they're in the police station, and they were like, we've sent out a curfew for everyone under 18. And I was like, do they also send out a curfew for everyone under 40 as well? <laughs> but then... You know, we say that, but then we also feel uncomfortable where someone looks like a teenager and they're having a sex scene. Mm. Insert Spartacus. Yeah. Oh, insert Spartacus everywhere. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Laurie and Keo are really crap friends to Gibbs, I think. Yeah. So let's go back to Gib and the boyfriend. And he, so he was being really dickish and he was like, I'm not going to tell you a second time. Oh, OT knows better. And I think he values his life enough to know not to say that to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> not only would this podcast be over, but it's a wrap everywhere. Um, so it was very, it was very satisfying. I was really worried because sometimes when you have dickish characters, they last way too long. But he died. He was the first one to die. Oh, so no, that I was, knew he was going to die. Like, you, you just knew? don't have such a character in a horror movie. Like, especially, like, Friday the 13th. And think that he's going to last. Nah, I mean. Oh, that was so fucking satisfying, though. Yeah. It was so... Even especially the, the brutality. It is. Yeah. <laughs> the brutality of it all. It was, it was, it was quite satisfying. Oh. <laughs> it was so... I was like... I was, yeah, it was great. Mm. All you needed was Jerry Springer to come in the corner. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Actually, in both ways, to come in the corner. You're most welcome. It's for your reference, guys. Happy Halloween. Um, and then we also had Gib in the shower. The actress that plays Gib signed on to the movie on the direct premise that she would do no nudity. And then you have Mr. Director Man asking or trying to get her to do a nude scene. So there was a lot of friction on the set but that's a really dickish thing yeah it do. is dickish like it's it's like okay it is a horror movie it might kind of be expected but she actually had a clause in her agreement yeah as well especially with the like the harvey weinstein thing that made a little bit of this sort of practice of how to get people to do nude scenes came yeah. out to the light it's a bit when you see these scenes now you're like mm, how consensual was this you know what i mean like anyway well uh, <laughs> people are getting stuff out of it not just the actors yes for sure so very very satisfying death right off the bat and i think it was it was enough to satiate you so let's move on you know like we've got this kill he was a dick so let's continue on to the rest of the film right um i also thought it was quite an interesting premise of how they even brought the freddy jason dynamic into fruition mm. because freddy essentially became redundant because no one was scared of him and you know shout outs to the town that was a whole effort to make everyone about it yeah and everyone that remembered freddy was in a mental hospital being dragged out in hypnosil or something like yeah, that hypnosil. and it's just like the level of and this is what you get like you know exactly the weaknesses of the character and, uh -huh. and you play to your strength. And they apply this so perfectly compared to other movies that I said I wouldn't mention. And <laughs> <laughs> it's so well executed until things start going haywire when we have Will saying you know, on the news that something someone had died in um, Laurie's house. Mm -hmm. And that's what triggers um, Freddie coming yeah. back into the town. But it's, it's, it's actually quite 
an achievement that this small town was able to um, suppress this whole secret because of because of years and decades of living in the Freddy Krueger world to think that the rest of the world doesn't even know about it that is an achievement so shout out to all of the caring parents and the caring members of the community that were able to hide such a big secret yeah right so for a long time Freddie essentially was rendered redundant <laughs> which shows you how useless he is I guess it's similar to the sense of Pennywise because if you don't believe in him or if you're not scared of him then he can't really hurt you yeah so you have that similar sort of dynamic with Freddy. So he was just laying in wait and then Jason became his proxy. Yeah, so this is quite interesting because mm. you have Freddy in hell yep, and he stumbles onto Jason. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to see Jason's weaknesses, which is the mother, and he brings Jason back to life. Who doesn't love a tasty Oedipus tale? <laughs> exactly. So um, Jason is back to life and he's, he gets sent to the town so he could scare people and people start remembering Freddy, uh-huh. which is a quite a genius plan. It's very effective. It is effective. But the problem now is, I think Freddy didn't think long term what it meant. He thought Jason would be like, Slash, slash, Well, you can't control him. (laughs) Exactly. He is, like you said, he is a brute and he kills to kill. He doesn't have situational awareness of, oh, maybe this isn't one that I kill. Yeah, let me go back to camp and continue living my life of torturing kids that come to my place. Yeah, and that's exactly (laughs) it. And um, we've mentioned it a few times in our other episodes. One of my personal foundational qualms is people taking too long to accept the fantasy world that they're in and the role that they're going to play. I loved how everyone was like, okay, this is Freddy and he's back. You know, the cops were like, don't tell anyone, but Freddy's back. We need to deal with this. Mm. Right. And even when the kids finally found out, we didn't spend 20 minutes of trying to convince them. They're just like, Oh, Freddy. Oh, and there's Jason. Cool. Let's get onto it. Let's just dive in to the lake, if you will. Of this film and I appreciated that because you didn't need that back and forth yeah and then we could just get to the grisly sort of gore and action for the same reason why we we're watching this movie exactly you yeah. know your audience yeah. and you cater to that exactly pretty much and I don't think um I don't think well well maybe maybe we maybe I did when I watched the first um Friday the 13th mm. That Jason is a fucking creep. <laughs> well, people are having sex in his backyard. Who is he to not, you know, privacy and all? You're in his territory. Well, technically... His big brother, mate. <laughs> but technically, that's the campground, so it's not his backyard. It's his backyard. Unless squatter's rights means ownership. Exactly. The squatter's rights are everything. I love how we're debating <laughs> property titles. On the Freddy vs. Jason episode. But he was a fucking creep. Actually, his mum was also a creep. Because, spoiler, 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 his mum was the one doing the killing in the first film. So she was the one watching in the barnyard. Yeah. <laughs> well, the apple doesn't fall far, does it? No, it does not. But, man, that... Mu- and the, the actress that played the mother throughout the series consciously decided not to come back for Freddy vs. Jason because she felt the role was too small for her thoughts i didn't like that like i think sometimes the story has to take 
like priority and all. Like, yeah. it's just for the fans out there, and it would have been nice to see her. Like, I don't know, even if it's for a second here and there. Yeah, it's, still it's worth it. like let's 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 add to the crescendo. Yeah, of all the references and all the feels. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the actress that played the mother for Jason, I think she was quite effective. Yeah, she made me feel bad about uh, my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a question for you, Ot. Um, I don't know if you can answer this, but Jason seemed to have a deformity. Was that after he died, or did he have that already? Is that why he was bullied? He had that already, and that's why he was bullied, and that's why he was uh, drowned, supposedly. Well, there's like a gap where they really don't explain if he died when he drowned or he just washed up on the shore on the other side. Mm. So there's a lot of like people's theories and all about this, but he was already deformed, and that's why he was being bullied and all. But that's fun. It's fun to have a film that you can theorize over for years and years. And actually coming back to that, when we go back to when Jason comes to attack Gibbs' boyfriend, they actually don't show right at the point of view of him getting stabbed in his back, right? They didn't necessarily show you everything, but I felt it was super effective. Mm. I feel like in 2019, we're so used to seeing a close-up shot of the neck being slashed. You know what I mean? The guts flying out and Yeah, all. and it's like you, you, it just becomes something that you're used to seeing. Yeah. I feel like if it's in your imagination, you, you can go as wild with it as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it just plays it to the more, it plays to the horror bit a bit more, I reckon. Like, yes, go and all can be scary, but it reaches a point where you're like, eh, guts. Eh. Yeah, and you, but you don't actually have to see the no, point don't. of impact, no. right? So, um, again, we talked about the brutality of it, but we didn't see every tiny slash or every, you know, all of the violence close up. So I thought that was quite effective. And actually thinking about it, this came out in 2003. It aged quite well. It really did. Aside from the fashion, (laughs) it's very early 2000s. But as a film, it actually holds up, Yeah, I think. Um, In saying that, the writing wasn't great, but it's like a porn. A porn. (laughs) a porno um it's like the pornographers um you're not really going there for the exemplary writing Mm. right um so i i didn't mind that the writing wasn't great um i also didn't mind that the cg wasn't great it was effective enough to get its point across yeah and this was just a great a great 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 film to watch Mm. And I really enjoyed it. Um, let's go to Kia, i.e. Kelly Rowland um, and Laurie. Mm-hmm. They were dicks. Like you said, they were dicks to Gibbs' character. <laughs> yeah. Because Kia is spending all this time making sure that Laurie's okay, forgetting the fact that Gibbs' boyfriend just died. Mm. They kind of left her to her own devices when they were at the party yeah, or even before that. All alone. Like, they didn't even talk to her that much. Yeah. Like, it is ridiculous. So I'm, I'm not really sure what the go is with that. Um, but in regards to... Let's talk a bit about Kia, Kelly Rowland's character. Also She's... also noting the fun fact that Kelly Rowland was your from Destiny's Child. Yeah, I didn't get the... I, I didn't get the hype about, around Beyonce. Kelly was the shit. Well, 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 hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you hearing that buzzing? The beehive is after us. <laughs> but she was your favorite, right? Yeah, like, I don't know. Growing up, Kelly was it. I don't know. It just, I didn't get the hype around Beyonce and all. 
Well, I thought Kelly was better. <laughs> uh, this is Katie from the For Your Reference podcast in 2019. The views expressed by OT is not shared with Katie. <laughs> I just want to make that very clear. We love the spirit of Beyonce. <laughs> so how, how was it seeing her in this film? Oh, it was it was good, actually. I, I, I don't know. I didn't expect her to be in it. But I think in the early 2000s, you had like this sort of series where a lot of musicians were being... Dipping their toes. Yeah, dipping their toes in yeah. movies. You'd get DMX. <laughs> DMX with Jet Li. You know, stuff like if that. If you want us, I actually just found out the other day that DMX and Jet Li were in a film together called Cradle to the Grave. So please let us know if you would like us to cover that <laughs> very soon. Because I haven't. I genuinely have not watched it and I'm very excited to watch it. Like those, it was really big. Like you'd get a lot of musicians in movies, and it'll get you know, it's some sort of fanfare, and I, I enjoyed it. I think she did well for what this movie was. Um, well, no one was expecting a Halle Berry performance. No, and neither should her. they. Like it is what it is. Yeah. I, I think she did fine. Yeah, I think she did very well. But her character, if you if we want to get deeper than the surface of the film, she seemed very lonely. Like, you know how you have friends in life that, um, you know, they're, they're your ride or die and they're always going to be by your side. It seemed like she kind of went a bit beyond that. Like, yes, I care about you, but then she was overextending her care for Laurie. I don't know. It just seemed like she was quite lonely. Yeah, I felt like she was quite lonely and jealous because we have that Mike Niles Teller looking character, Charlie, I think. Miles Teller. Um, <laughs> giving attention to Laurie and Kelly or Kia being all dismissive and heartful and all up until Charlie stood up to Kia. And then you could see like, he was like, Hmm, he stood up to me. Yeah. Ooh, I want to snap his dick off or something, you know, um, and, snap it off. <laughs> and you could tell the dynamic changed a bit where she was more kinder and you could see that there was some interest in there. Yeah. So um, it was interesting to see how she even reacted to, Charlie dying at the end and being all protective and all. Yeah, and um, it, it's not a major qualm. It's just a baby OT qualm. Um, she didn't really have much dimension. She, she just existed to look after the other characters. Yeah. And Roland has been through so much. And you know not being the lead of Destiny's Child must have weighed on her quite a lot. Has she not she been She was the through... lead to me. Did you hear something? Where is she hiding? <laughs> I don't know who said that. Um, but let's go back to what I was saying. Kelly Rowland has been through enough. The fact that she had to put her lips on Jason, oh, that yeah. was not fair. So, you know, she got a triumph because she wasn't the first to die and she lasted quite a lot through the film. But I would rather die early in the film than to lay my lips on that disgust. Ew. <laughs> oh, my God. I was, like, dry heaving. Vomit. <sighs> but it, it comes to, like, life and death now. Nah, man. Would you not? Would you not spare your, like, you're trying to save your friends here. You just close your mouth and give a blow and that's it. We're not talking about your Friday night OT. <laughs> like, I don't know. Nah, that was it's disgusting. disgusting, but you have to do it to save your friends. Like, I feel like if, in that situation, disgusting doesn't come into play. 
Actually, no, this is an alternate ending. Kelly jumps out of the van and goes to another town because no one else knows about Freddy. <laughs> no one else knows about what the shit is going on in this town. And then, actually, no, that is the merging. And then she becomes part of the Destiny's Child and that's her future. Now we know how the Destiny's Childs were formed. Yeah, exactly. We've done it. Alternate universes, it's a multiverse of possibilities. <laughs> I really liked Laurie as a character. Um, she wasn't perfect, but I think she was uh, quite solid to be the lead of this film. Yeah, and she was quite smart for a lot of leads, especially in this kind of movies, where they usually are played like dumb and they don't really do the right things most of the time. Mm. But with Laurie, she's quite on it. When she's warned that the father was a bit dodge. Why did she get out of the car, though? Like, she shouldn't have gotten out. But she still questioned it, mm. you know? Like, she questioned it. She realized things were getting creepy and not being answered. Then she was like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. Not a lot of characters. People will just be like, yeah, I'll take the drug. I'll stay and play a good daughter or something. Um, but she, she, she tries to be different. And when she realized that the dad was trying to save her or protect her from knowing that Freddie killed the mother, she was like, no, I'm not leaving. Yes, we can be safe and all and run away, but I want to see this through. I want to see Freddie die. You're talking at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when she's actually confronting her dad, um, it was weird that her dad just fessed up and was like, I didn't mean it to be that way. I was looking after you. Because I'm telling you, if my parents were keeping a secret from me, they would take that shit to the grave. <laughs> and I would never find out. Oh, you're still thinking of that chicken that's running in the farm somewhere? <laughs> they told you about <laughs> did you have a pet chicken yeah and it ran to a farm it's running on a farm somewhere it's wow, happy this, in the this, fields this took a really dark turn i was <laughs> i was not ready to um address that frame of reference oh well and that night you had chicken for dinner i'm just saying you can put wow. two together <laughs> <laughs> hashtag too soon <laughs> But yeah, I enjoyed Laurie for what she was. And I think she played really solidly. Like, kudos to her. What do you think about Will? <sighs> the boyfriend? He's dumb. He's <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, he's like... He was drunk and intoxicated off that pussy. No, like, he had this, um, his friend, Mike. Yeah. And he knows Mike is a bit of a loose ball, you know, a loose yeah. cannon and all. But... I don't know. Like, I, I appreciated him for what he was, and especially in trying to protect Laurie. Took a lot. Like, she, he was Hello, being... Hello, Mike was the one that got them out of that mental hospital. Yeah. So give him his credit. But Mike, again, is the one that rem reminded everyone about Freddy. Yeah, but you can't... <laughs> no, but you can't blame him for that. Um, he didn't think this through. How was he to know? He knows how Freddy operates. What Mike giveth, Mike taketh. But it was it was really sad to see him die without his friend having to like Mike his, dying and Will his, just standing his there. His ending was very Final Destination, was it not? Mm, no, not really. It was just what Freddie like. Final Destination is when things just happen coincidentally, and it just turns into some horrific event. Uh, hey this, mate, hey mate, I don't tell you how to reference your references. I don't take too kindly to your kind around her. Huh? <laughs> but yeah, like he he was he was all right. I didn't like him or I didn't hate him. He was just there. I th I liked him. I thought it was good value. Mm. 
And you saw his brother in the tub as well. Yeah. But it's really Freddy. And um, us in the four-year reference household do not perpetuate that gingers are from hell. I just want to say. (laughs) I just want to put that on the record. We love everyone. Mm. Just like, actually, Freddy only loves the kids. How does that premise work? So he was a pedophile when he was alive. He wasn't a pedophile. Yes, he was. He loved kids. He killed kids. And he just I don't know what okay. you... Okay, so he, he kills kids, he just licks it after. He was sticking the picture on the book. I don't know, it looked creepy, but it's not that he meant that he was a pedo. Oh my God. He is, he's a fucking pedo. <laughs> he just killed kids. Okay, guys, again, the only frame of reference I have is the first film and Freddy vs. Jason. Um, well, well, so feel free to correct me. But he, well, he was giving me vibes. I would not leave Freddy's my... origin is that he killed, a lo- he killed kids and the parents of the kids he killed burnt him and he became this undead evil that came up to children in their dreams and killed them, you know, in but that realm. But do you realm. not see how sexual he gets? He he is a bit sexual, but that doesn't mean he's a pedo. Like I don't I don't know how you do that. You just, is this really <laughs> is this really the side you want to be on? I'm just saying, um, having read and seen Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't think where a situation where I felt like okay, this guy's a bit pedoy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never thought, um, you know, we, we've covered a lot of oh, highs and lows of humanity, but I really didn't think we would get to this point. Uh, I th- maybe I'm just simple-minded because I, from what I remember is that he just killed kids and now that he's dead, the people he kills, um, he, like he becomes stronger from their souls. So, Well, I'm just saying he was giving me some, some, some vibes. No, like his sexual not- nature when he's... Like attacking the teenagers and all, um, he makes sexual one-liners and all. You are really holding on to this, aren't you? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can continue. I'm just saying, he's giving me vibes, and they don't seem as harmless as Herbert the pervert from Family Guy. Okay, he That's- Herbert is not harmless, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he was giving me vibes. Is all I'm gonna say. Okay. Are you, are you done? Can we move? Can we move on to a potentially less divisive yeah. topic? Yep. So when the the law enforcement they kind of like dropped off by the second half of the film, right? Yeah, because now the kids were taking control. Actually, no, they did have that one um, cop was helping yeah. them, and he died. Pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, but did you think he was going to survive <laughs> no. much longer? Let's go back when they went to Weston, mm-hmm. which is the mental hospital. Um, so they had Hypnosil. Yep, Hypnosil. Um, another fact, on the set of the film, Ken, who plays Jason, he's been a stuntman for like over 10 years. The special effects sparks actually went onto his costume and he was actually on fire. Really? For a brief period of time. But because he's an OG stuntman, he was very calm about it. Wow. Right? That would not happen to me. And while we're on the topic of more um, facts, Rey Mysterio, the wrestler, was actually one of the stuntmen for Freddy. <laughs> That's pretty cool, isn't it? Right? Yeah. I'm going to tarnish him in any way. <laughs> Did he drop off from wrestling or they just, maybe I just stopped watching it. I watched it 
when I stopped watching wrestling, that's when like Batista and Rey Mysterio were in. So I don't know if he's still there. Do you know? I don't know. I stopped watching it ages ago. But I felt like you watched it longer than I. And actually, on the point of wrestling, Jason really reminded me of Kane. Oh, yeah. And I would put my mouth to his mouth, but I wouldn't put my mouth on Jason. Oh, Kane is horrifyingly <laughs> like. Did he? Was he disfigured in any way? No, he's just creepy ass. Because you know, earlier version of Kane where he had this red mask. Yeah. Oh man! Like but he I need, the I need the Kane with hair. I don't want the Kane that's bald. When Kane came into the scene, he scared me more than Undertaker, and that took a lot of doing. But I feel like Undertaker, he was a persona. Like Kane, you didn't know whether he came straight from <laughs> like the the local bicycle. Um, club, not bicycle, motorbike. Yeah, like he, he wow, that, that was an arc in wrestling that I remember till this but day. But I have a spooky conspiracy theory. I always felt like Mike Foley was actually Kane. No, Mike, no. Mike Foley's the one with the socks the saying, have a nice day. The one that used to stick the socks into people's yeah. mouth. Nah, he's short and fat. Kane is tall and now you're you're crazy. It's called Spanks, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I am putting it on the record, okay? I feel like Foley and Kane were the same person. You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. They're completely different body sizes and shape. Actually, do you remember what you were saying five minutes ago? I would prefer what I just said than what you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) If their Spanks have transformed someone from Mike Foley to Kane. Someone's making, someone should be making a killing. Yeah, Kim Kardashian. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. And that's the first Kardashian reference. You're most welcome, everyone. Um, But let's go back to the film. Let's just talk about Freddie and Jason as horror icons. I don't even know if people say horror icons, but I'm going to do it. Come and fight me. Who do you think is stronger? We can also talk about who you like better, but let's talk about who would win in a fight. Okay, it depends. In the dream world, Freddy is king through and through. He he can't be touched. Yes. But if Freddy is fighting Jason in the real world, then Jason is definitely stronger. Like, you can't... (laughs) Everyone has their strong suit. Mm -hmm. Freddy isn't that good outside his dream because he can't manipulate people into thinking things or well, using all he, their weaknesses. Well, all he has is himself and his strength does not match Jason's. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you can't say one's stronger than the other. It depends on where they're fighting. Well, even... Because in- Jason had to come out of the dream world to be able to fight Freddy. All right, so Jason has this subconscious weakness of water. Uh-huh. And once Freddie, quite conscious, but yes, no, it's subconscious. Like he, he can be in water in the real world. It left him more. It left him unconscious, but it's quite conscious. No, seriously though, it's this subconscious fear of water. And Freddie, when Freddie realized that, he used it to his, you know, he used it to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Jason and his mom, bloody yeah. hell, that's some weird twisted dynamic. So <laughs> it was interesting to see how he was able to like just make Jason look so weak and vulnerable. Mm. But once you leave that world and come back to reality, the real world, ah, Jason wins all day, every day. Okay. What what if they were on a bridge between the dream world and reality? Give me a straight answer, motherfucker. <laughs> Who would win? Mm. 
maybe if it's being divided into a bridge, I feel like, okay, Freddie would win because I think he's more... He's crafty. He's more, yeah. He's, he's crafty, he's sneaky, he's more conniving than Jason is. Mm. Um, so maybe that he would be able to play that into his strength and drag Jason more towards the dream side. But yeah. Because we saw at the end of the film that Jason won. Um, but then you had some like Looney Tunes at the end, did it, did it, did it, and then Freddie winks. And well, it's so, like, and but is, I think that was more of like a superfluous thing. I don't think no, that no, no, was no, the no. genuine. Like, there's a comic afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to explain this. I, I think it's it's non-canon, but still. Sorry, let's give Ot some time to pull his glasses up again. <laughs> no, it's Freddie versus Jason versus Ash. Uh-huh. Ash is from Evil Dead. Okay. So there's this theory where Jason got his powers. Mm-hmm. From this um, book, okay, called the Necromenon, where Freddy lives in Jason's mind or mind for five years before he's oh. able to escape. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 quite well thought out, and I feel like if there's ever going to be a follow up rather than a reboot, because I think in the real timeline, the last movie is Jason vs. Freddy. Uh-huh. And everything that afterward has just been reboots of the old ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to continue from that point, especially in the timeline, to see exactly how this worked out in the end. Yeah. And this would bring in Ash from Evil Dead. Whew! Sploosh Mountain. Talk about multi-universes, mate. Uh, at, at risk of getting kicked off my own podcast, I also haven't seen that. Oh, dear, dear. I test your love for me every day (laughs) (laughs) in ways unseen by most. (laughs) Um, According to the IMDb trivia as well, um, some of the first concepts for the film included um, Jason being held accountable for his crimes. So a good chunk of the film would have been set in a courtroom. Um, What would be the fucking point? Yeah, nah. Right, and the the lawyer for him would actually be the lead. Freddie versus ridiculous. Freddie versus Jason's lawyer. That would be fucking terrible, <laughs> right? Um, oh, actually, I would be here for a Law and Order SVU episode with Mariska Hargitay and Jason. What? No, um, because in the th- in the twist that I was going to mention earlier, where Freddie was a camp counselor, they were going to allude to the fact that Freddie molested Jason. So you would have Mariska Hargitay saying, on this doll, please show us what Freddie did to you. Oh. <laughs> wow. Man, I steer and Jason in the same room, eh? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is a that is an iconic collab no one even thought to put together. Yeah. Wow. Um, Also, another early concept for the script of this film was that it was going to be a cult that resurrected Freddy. Mm. And then another cult trying to stop that cult. So they resurrect Jason. Um, So I kind of like that they left it between Freddy convening with him in hell. I think think that was a much better, less convoluted way of doing it. Agreed. And it probably helped to cut a lot of screen time as well. Mm. Because it's like, you know, you have The Walking Dead, but if I was to draw a graph, you know, the the excitement and the exhilaration that you get from a zombie sort of thriller, whether it's a TV show or whether it's a movie, is how finite 
time is and you could be on the cusp of death at any time but if you know if the show's going on for like eight or nine seasons and people are having children then all of that like all of that thrill (laughs) has gone out the window right yeah so i like that the running time um for freddie versus jason was very succinct yeah agreed like it's it's you get what you expect from such a movie oh yeah and they don't disappoint at all. If you're a fan of slashes, if you like into if you're into like horror tropes and jump scares, like it has everything for anyone. Even though it's not scary per se, it's enjoyable nonetheless. Well, I, I guess it's a relative thing about whether you get scared or not. Because maybe, uh, yeah. you know, teenagers would find this scary. Yeah. Which has been a long time for us. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think it has, like you said, all of the makings of a horror film. Yeah. And it does it quite well. Let's talk about some real world horror with Laurie's dad. <laughs> but that was, I know what you're talking about. When Laurie's dad was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was kissing. Um, so Laurie fell asleep when they were trying to plan how they were going to execute infiltrating freddie and jason yes. oh is this where he J, oh freddie said your eyes say no no but my mouth Ma. says yes yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> creepy creepy wow and you still say he's not a pedophile Maybe he's maybe he's like maybe he's like those girls that turn up on a Friday night and a Saturday night, but then they stumble into church on a Sunday. Are you saying that's what Freddie was like? He was he was a saint when it came to children. He was killing them, so he's definitely not a saint. Saint Pedo. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like even taking away Freddie and Jason, the dynamic that she had with her father. That was that was creepy. Even when um, she was about to go to school and the dad was trying to stop her, she was like, I got to go to work, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not trying to think too much about that, but it, it, it was creepy. I know you're not thinking about it, but I can see you thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just... um. I don't know. It was weird. It was. It was weird. And um, it reminded me of Patricia Arquette and Joey King in the act. Because there's a name for that of people that make other people think they're sick. And that's what he was doing with Hypnozil. Hypnozil, rather. No, he wasn't making them sick. He was making Laurie sick by putting it in her juice and making her docile so she couldn't have dreams. But that's not making her sick, is it? Like, it was just so that to protect him from Freddy. And I think it was quite... On their part, especially when it came to the people who had already encountered Freddy. Because Freddy's power was pretty much mitigated by the fact that... Just because you're my daddy and I kiss you on the lips doesn't mean that behavior is acceptable between Laurie and the dad. Mate, I'm not putting quaaludes in your drink. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because you actually put the generic one because you can't afford the quaaludes. It's gone up in value. Oh, bloody hell. They're actually trying to do something good. They don't need to know about Freddy. And I felt like it was a brilliant plan. Are Make the kids ag- not dream. But are you also acknowledging that where everyone were pretty much like on life support because they took too much? How about those people? Yeah, that was a bit weird, you know. But there's like downsides to everything, you know? Like mm. the optics. We talked about the OI just the other week. And yeah. when they were set up Amsterdam, 
in theory, I think it would work, but then the optics of it all is just a bit too much to handle. When you out, when you're there on the ground, you're like, eh, this is a bit too much. Yeah, it's the same thing with hypnosis. Like, I feel like the optics for me at least work as well. Yes, there'll oh, be a few who would my. overdose on it, but I think it outweighs the risk. Well, uh, so OT will never be the sheriff of Daddywood because <laughs> everyone will be on hypnosis. Hypnosil. Everyone will be on hypnosil and kissing their daddies. <laughs> I feel like you would slot in quite well in a horror movie, but you would not be the one people are cheering for. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't think there's a lot of people who cheer for the human, well, like for the humans when you're watching Freddy or or Jason. Because like it it kind of feeds to our primal need of seeing people die. Mate, if that's your primal need, you need to get checked. No, 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 no. Because no. <laughs> we're exactly on this, and we we're talking about this in you know other episodes as well. We have an increasing morbid, wanton desire for. The Moros and death. And, you know, women watch Mindhunter. Mm. Exactly. So it is a primal need. Natural selection, motherfucker. <laughs> well, anyway, um, I'm, all I'm saying is I, I understood what the town did. I understand what Laurie's dad did. And I'm on board with that because it pretty much got rid of Freddy for a couple of years. I think this inadvertently became a psychological dump of OT right now because you were sharing some things that <laughs> that the world was not ready to hear, my love. <laughs> but it's 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 very impressive. The way that they executed it was a bit much, I think. Um, it, it was literally a spray and pray sort of effect mm. that they had on all the children. But... Yeah, you know, credit credit to the conviction and the conviction of you for defending them. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's the final standoff with Freddie and Jason. So you already mentioned um, that Jason was going to win. I think it was quite clear that Jason would win. Like he doesn't have any other settings in his operating system. It was just kill, kill, mm. kill, yeah. um, without any sort of circumstance or happy. I don't know. He he's more interesting to watch though. Like if you if you think of you know Freddie and Jason about to I don't know they're at a restaurant and they're about to consume a meal, um, you know Jason will literally just scoff it down and just eat it straight away. Yeah, Freddie would most likely fuck it, but he would also caress it and um, have some very good one-liners as well. Um, not to say I want to have dinner with either of them, but Freddie would definitely be more entertaining. Yeah, he would be more entertaining. And I th- I like the fact that they took Jason back to the camp so he could have a home advantage against Freddy. Mm-hmm. And it just set up this sort of grandiose battle, which, <laughs> which was like a young boy's wet dream. Like, watching this too... Well, it, was also, it was also Jason's wet dream, but unfortunately it turned into a nightmare. Hell, there's ah. a tagline, guys. <laughs> But I enjoyed it. Like the fight was was quite nice. It was. It was also showed how skilled Freddy is because he was slashing Jason back and forth. Without he did not give up. Yes. No, he did not. And even when he they were in like a construction section and he was like swinging that big like cement mixer, mm. I think it was. And then he had the cart and the cart got stuck and fell down. He was very. Uh, he had an ingenuity to him. 
He did. That was quite admirable. And you would think that they had a perfect balance because they had clearly defined roles. They didn't really overlap. Like Freddie was crafty. He was conniving, but he was very smart. And then you have Jason who was brute. Yeah, just a simple slasher, yeah. Yeah, so you would think they would work quite well together, but then I guess that's where you have Jason just doing anything he wants. So you can't really control him Mm. in that sense. Yeah. Do you think, um, you know, nearing the end of the film, we have him confronting his mum, right? Do you think in any ways he's kind of broken ties, Oedipus ties from his mother? Nope. Not at all? No. That's That's who he is. Like, intrinsically, he would always be tied to his mother, regardless of what Freddie tries to pull out of the hat. Like, that relationship is set in stone, and the mother will always spar Jason to be... (laughs) how the hell he is at the moment. Yeah. And no one would be able to break that because that's intrinsically who Jason is. Yeah. I get ya. Mm. That makes sense. So do you think Freddy survived at the end of it? Yeah. Because in the, in the comic books, he's still alive. He's, he's captured in Jason's mind for five years, but he still finds a way out afterwards. But he's still very much alive. And the fact that he blinked to the screen like Bugs Bunny at the end just shows you everything you needed to know. No, he wasn't, that, that could he just wasn't be a done tongue in, for. That could just be a tongue-in-cheek thing and not nah, actually what happened. Nah. Like, he's already undead. You can't kill him twice, can you? True. You can take away his powers, but he's just trying to figure out a way to come back the same way he did in the beginning of the movie. So, just a, just a question, because uh, in, in this dynamic, you are more learned. Um, can you kill Freddy and or Jason? Or are they kind of immortal? You can kill them both. You can sort of kill Freddy in terms of until him until another Ollie. franchise comes out and then they're alive again. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jason, because Jason was was killed in like the last three movies of. <laughs> yeah, and he was resurrected from hell. That's how he uh, came into this film. Jason has been killed several several times, so it's possible. It's just a matter of making him stay dead. Yeah, but I I feel like the film was quite interesting because you could see, even when they had their fights, you know, even with Freddy um, rejuvenating and, you know, creating his own limbs again, Mm. like his arms, for example, like you could see that this film could go on forever long and needed to, and then once they wanted to crescendo, they would crescendo, right? So that was quite clear. But it was interesting. It, It kept me engaged all the way throughout. Um, and they also managed to have that story with Laurie at the centre of it as well. And it kept it quite interesting. Yeah, it did. And I enjoyed, like, there's a lot of backstory in Freddy and Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to understand them as a character and who they are as this sort of villains. Yep. Everyone having their identity and their cause and their weaknesses strictly laid out. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is where I had my qualms with Pennywise because it's also subjective, and the fact that people figured out his weakness, but then they all got brainwashed. You know, <laughs> it just seemed all too bold and beautiful for me. Like you know, when you're rooting for a character to they, they've fallen in love, they've just revealed the feelings for each other, and then one gets hit by a car. Next minute, he's in a coma, and then he wakes up and thinks, "Oh." I'm in love with this other woman. That it's also just, sounds like every Korean drama as well. <laughs> like it's such a weird, <laughs> silly trope that's being used 
so much. And I was like, if if you're gonna put it on a pedestal to be one of the best horror movies to date, and it garnering the grossing the most um, money as well, uh-huh. I'm like, mm, there's like so much solid characters out there better than Pennywise who are more layered and you know exactly what you're gonna get in terms of his the, the, the backstory, who they are, intrinsically their powers, the limit to their powers, mm-hmm. and how to get rid of them. And just they just feel all mixed up with Pennywise, and I was like, pissed right off. Well, hold on to your Krugers because that's essentially the premise of Freddy versus Jason. You so in it, you get a reset because, like you said, as soon as they leave the town, they forget. And the reset that you have in Freddy versus Jason is everyone's been drugged, so they don't remember it, or at least he can't emerge from their dreams. So that is resetting the narrative as well. It's not really resetting the narrative in the same perspective, though, is it? No, but it, in an essence, like it, it makes is more resetting. sense. Well, it doesn't matter because it's resetting the narrative, and you just had a qualm about Pennywise. The same thing happens in this film. Not to the same extent, though. Like it's. We're starting a movie from scratch, bringing two iconic characters together. Mm-hmm. So it's understandable to some degree as to why Freddy isn't rampant already in, on Elm Street. It's understandable because we already know exactly what's happened in the last version of um, Freddy and in what happened in Jason when he was taken to hell or something. So we already know that. There's like heaps of movies that I explained to, up to that point. So it's more writing it progressively but bored it's, it's all semantics my friend because in any case the story gets reset and the characters have to relearn this horror villain right not really relearn they already knew it like they just suppressed it like they didn't have to oh go my god, oh my god oh my god so they knew what they suppressed it doesn't matter they have to start back from base and you know what no from base you know Betty was started from zero they started back from let's oh say five Lord. it's a skill to ten Oh, Lord. <laughs> At least they knew exactly what they needed to do once they saw that Freddy was back. You know what? I can't even I can't even begin with you because you did outset from the premise say that you are biased. So let's just leave it <laughs> because you, what you're saying is like apples and apples, mate. Okay, let's talk about how you defeat them, right? Mm-hmm. We all know Jason and Freddy's weaknesses. And then you have Pennywise, who is merely defeated by screaming teenagers. I am not going to even touch that with a 10-foot pole. Like, far out. This is It was just like Martha um, being used in Superman and versus Batman. And it was just ridiculous. The same way you get to understand the intricacies of all these characters, you, you have to understand there's a fundamental layer of, if they're this powerful... There should be a, like a logical way of getting rid of them. Me shouting explicitives at them and saying they're small or whatever is not one of them. Pretty. You're small. You're small. <laughs> like I'm, You're small. <laughs> like I said, yeah, you, you said I'm biased and I am because I grew up on Jason and, and Freddie more and I was more in I was more connected to them as characters rather than Pennywise. Um, but you can't justify to me how this, although a smaller budget, I enjoyed it more than I did it. Well, that's your frame of reference. It is my frame of if reference. If we're talking about devices in a narrative, 
then you're dead wrong, mate. <laughs> However, it happens. Both sets of protagonists and supporting but not characters. Not the same scale. That's what I mean. Oh lord! Wow. You know what? When you edit this, you're gonna hear this back, my friend. <laughs> and I know, I know you're a proud peacock, baby, and you are not going to admit it. But I'll be damned if you. In all your intelligence, don't see that you're dead wrong. Because <laughs> the plot devices are exactly the same in It Chapter 2 and also in Freddy vs. Jason. Whether you want to admit that is on your own volition. One took us for a three-hour journey and the other one was an hour 30. Yeah, but you're bringing up shit that has nothing to do with anything. I'm focusing on the plot point that they reset. They didn't really reset to- in that manner, though. Like, it's completely different. Okay, uh... It seems like OT needs a reboot of his system um, because he's not he's not quite getting it. I just don't think you'll get me to say anything bad about this movie. And I, I don't I'm think not. you'll get me to say anything bad about Jason and Freddy, this, this isn't, especially compared to Pennywise. This isn't 60 Minutes. I'm not trying to get you into a soundbite. It okay? sounds like it. Mate, wow. In Kenya, we don't really have this sort of weird journalism that Australia has in 60 Minutes and shit where people get led on and... It's not just Australia. America does it too. <laughs> well, I've watched John, you. John, John Oliver John, John Oliver has a, a running series of sound bites for 60 Minutes and that's in America and not Australia, mate. I'm just saying, my first frame of reference was with how Australian journalists worked and it was so outlandish. I was like, is this even legal? What the fuck is this I'm watching? But anyway... You're getting off topic. Don't put me in that. (laughs) Who who else is not safe from OT's paths today? Are there any other qualms you want to lay out there? Those are all the qualms that I have. Because, you know, Lupita came and filmed here recently for Little Monsters, which is a great, great film to watch. So I'm not sure why you don't appreciate this sunburnt country. I do appreciate it. I love it. It's journalism. We just do some work. (laughs) In in the words of Freddie to you, OT, I say, what a treat, dark meat. Oh, <laughs> that was unexpected. It was actually it was actually a reference to an earlier um, film of the franchise. Yeah, I, I did not like. I've forgotten all that until I watched this. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it took me aback, but it, it was fun nonetheless. Well, who knew a spooky time would be a divisive time for OT at the Four Year Reference Podcast? But, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't that a fun time, kiddies of age, of consent? Um, thank you for joining us on Halloween special where we covered Freddy versus Jason, um, otherwise known as OT versus Pennywise. Um, we're going to wrap up in a segment we call For Your Reference. OT, take it away. I'm going to reference Charles Play because he has Chucky, one of the Boo. most iconic. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I don't... You can't talk about horror movies without talking about Chucky. Like, in as much as you think that it's just a doll, he is creepy as, and he caused a lot of frightening nights in my house. So if you've not watched Child's Play, please get to it. It's just fun horror without taking itself too seriously. And you know what? You'll have a good time. We need to have like a bonus episode where we dive into this. You were scared of a doll <laughs> and not a clown. Nah. <laughs> 
Is any other references? No, Charles Play is all you need to know. If if you've you've already got Jason and and Freddie down, you need Chucky in your arsenal. Well, that just hurts because your team doesn't win all the time. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> your small arsenal. There you go. <laughs> I, I've defeated the beast that is OT at least for now. I will reference it motherfucker the mini series with tim curry and also without scars guard uh it's chapter one and also chapter two. Oh, if you don't want to have fun then you can watch that well uh hopefully you guys had a great spooky time with us let's capture it off uh if you have any major qualms that you want to lay out in regards to ot and pennywise please send us an email on Hello at fyipodcast.com. On our socials, we are on Twitter and Instagram for your ref pod. Um, we're not really on Facebook anymore. Let us know if that's still a benefit to you guys. Oh, Mark Zuckerberg was roasted this week and it was just, un- Facebook could be run better and you could catch us on any other platform apart from that. And there you go, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. For he's a jolly good Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>